Hi everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Creating a Village. I'm your host, Millie, here to help nurture the village within you. And today we have a special guest with us. If you could please introduce yourself. Absolutely. My name is Maker Bia and um, I am on a mission with uh, financial literacy. Thank you for having me. Oh, period. Thank you so much for coming on. I love that you said you're on a mission for financial literacy. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I got uh, on this path because I needed the help. I needed a community, the back end. Um, growing up, I definitely didn't have it at all. Uh, I my social circle or friends, we didn't really talk about money like that in the mm -hmm. right sense. Um, so it took me a while to get into actual career field. And once I got in the career field, I felt like, okay, now, you know, I should be able to handle money better because I'm in a yeah. good career field. And yeah, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> I was nowhere near it at all. So that's when, you know, I realized, okay, I needed to understand money. Okay. You know, cause growing up, my family was like, Hey, you know, we all heard it, go to school, get a good job situation, mm -hmm. right? Bill. And, you know, once you finally get it, you go to school, you get that good job. You're like, okay, am I wealthy yet? <laughs> Yes. Oh, no, no, I'm not wealthy yet. What's the problem? What am I doing wrong with life? Right. And that's when I started, you know, kind of searching for the answer. And honestly, it, I found that uh, answer a little over five years ago. I want to say close to six years now. And mm -hmm. I, I've been on that journey now and sharing my uh, journey with other people, my experience and information that I'm learning and I have been learning and applying. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. I definitely, I definitely relate to that because growing up, my dad would always tell me, oh, Jada, you're so good at saving. You have like really good money habits. But it was just when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of things that I wanted at the time. So I, I was saving my money. But then when I got money and I had things I wanted, I was like, where, where is my money going? <laughs> yes. So that is definitely a thing. Like, not knowing exactly how to have those good money habits. And then when you get money, you're like, well, I thought I had the habits. Where'd they go? So, yeah. Wow. So I know you're in um, insurance, right? So how did you get into insurance? Uh, really good question, actually. Um, it's one of those I stumbled within it, uh, getting mm -hmm. on the journey and me uh, finding out really uh, within the journey of understanding finance, that insurance is a huge part, right? Mm -hmm. It's a huge part. And we don't even think about it because we literally insure everything that we have some type of real attachment to, right? Like our cell phones, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nowadays too, you get that 1000 or $1,500 iPhone, first thing you want to do is put insurance on it right away. Mm -hmm. And because if anything, you want to be able to replace that right away. But 
of course, me getting into finance and trying to understand, you know, what's going on with my dad and why our credit was terrible, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that insurance is a huge part of really uh, honing my finances. And I dove into it and realized that it's an industry that a lot of people have a, a lot of misconception. You know, the mm-hmm. whole outside population is like, oh, insurance is for death. Yes, it is. Right. But it's also for so much more. And um, that's how I got into it. And I've been um, definitely learning a lot each and every day. Okay. Wow. What would would you say is one of the, I don't know, the most interesting things you've learned about like insurance in terms of wealth building, I guess, because how you were saying insurance is for death, but there's a lot more to it. No, absolutely. It's definitely a lot more to it. It's honestly, life insurance or insurance in general, um, once we do understand it, and it correlates to understanding our responsibility in life, Mm -hmm. right? Once we understand our responsibility, we understand how much we are valued, and we start really adding, quote-unquote, as a baby would say, put some respect on it. You start putting (laughs) some respect on your name, right? Yeah. once you understand your value, you could protect your value or you could treat yourself to a certain caliber, right? And the type of insurance that you carry determine how much respect you got for yourself and how much you see yourself worth in, in the next, I don't know, years or now, right? Mm-hmm. And you could also utilize it however way you know because you have been educated and you know exactly what you got. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So I'm, I'm new to insurance. Haven't looked into it a day in my life. Um, How, how would one start learning about insurances? I guess maybe, I guess we can stick to life insurance for now. Um, So like how, how would I jump into this world? (laughs) Well, that's, first of all, that's really a good question. And um, the first thing is figure out what your goal is, right? Mm. If your goal is to really secure your finances, understand what your responsibility is. When you say, because, you know, especially with our audience, right, our community right now, we will say we're pretty, we're young community. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, most young community, they ain't really thinking about, oh, I don't have that much responsibility because, hey, I don't really own a house right now. Yeah. You know, probably uh, my parents purchased my car or they assist. So it's not a lot of responsibility that I really need to protect, per se. Yeah. So, OK, then the question is, Minka, why would I really need to get insurance? Well, um. You definitely want to understand taxes, right? And tax okay. is literally one of the biggest responsibilities that we all would have, hmm. right? We all would have or we all have. So that's once you, and as you get yourself educated on that, um, you can utilize life insurance to actually alleviate taxes. Ooh. Okay. Oh, okay. she's like... <laughs> <laughs> I like, like oh, how that I, sounds. Yeah, right? You could utilize that to alleviate taxes. One thing. Okay. And also, when we are young, 
it is the best time to be able to secure the right type of insurance because it's very, very cost effective mm-hmm. for us. And the more cost effective it is for us, the better we are able to utilize it, the faster we're yeah, able okay. to utilize it. Right. And mm-hmm. now, again, it just determines the, the type that you get. Now, you know, there are multiple type and hopefully we'll kind of get to dive into those type. But yeah. um, really, the earlier you get it, the more you'll be able to benefit it. And and that's, you know, part of the whole wealth formula. Time is a critical part of building your wealth. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really why it will be beneficial for somebody to really start understanding one, what option is there when it comes to insurance when starting out. Okay. And then, Hey, how can I start utilizing now? Because I, I see myself having these, you know, multi-million, you know, uh, lifestyle later on in my thirties, forties, fifty, whatever the case is. Right. Want to be able to build a business that will, I could walk away from or, whatsoever mm-hmm. right build this generational wealth that everybody's talking about nowadays you know so i need to understand starting now okay that that makes sense and i definitely understand what you're saying about cost effectiveness because um like i was sharing with you i, I believe my aunt was telling me about she had an insurance policy and she had i think term life and then she aged out of it and so now the price that she was paying when she was 20 is drastically different because now she's older and she's had health issues and all these things because that's what happens when you get older majority of the time and so i think that is really important um we can definitely go into the types of insurance now um because i don't what types of insurance (laughs) are there (laughs) right no that's good and um and you, the what you just touched upon is really is critical for people to understand. And with insurance as a whole, life insurance as a whole, the industry go they uh, operate on a law that we kind of don't necessarily think about as you know, in average individual is called a God law, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say the God law, it pretty much means. The closer you get to seeing your maker, right? Yeah. The more the insurance company is going to charge you because they're going to be paying out. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> they're going to be paying out a lot earlier because the closer you are getting to, you know, you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, the chance of them paying out whatever you, you are ask, asking for is very, very likely. So they're going to charge you for it. And there is no business out there that is in business to lose money. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a simple fact, right? So, and, you know, with you touching on, you know, the older you get, you don't get healthier. That's just natural order of life, right? Mm. We don't get healthier. To, now, of course, you could be on your health, you know, streak and, you know, CMOS and, you know, healthy eating and things of that nature, but just naturally, you know, we don't get healthier, the older yeah. we get, right? So, and those are also some ingredients that cause you to have high premium in insurance. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, just to dive into really the option that is out there. Um, like you mentioned, the first one is term, term insurance. Term insurance, um, you got various types. And just to kind of really, how we say this, uh, with insurance, all insurance, honestly, are term. They just, you know, uh, make that clear. All insurance are term insurance. But okay. original term insurance, you have the, I usually compare it to like rented apartment. Mm -hmm. Right? So when you are, you know, renting an apartment, you could rent for as long as you want. You could rent for a month. Sometimes you could do a month-to-month -month contract type of thing. You could do six, mm -hmm. a year, even up to like 20 years, right? But with a uh, term, you're on a contract base from like five years to as uh, far as maybe 30 or sometimes 35 years. There are some companies that will give you a 40-year, right, contract. Okay. So what that means is, um, today we want to get, I don't know, a million dollar policy, right? Mm -hmm. We are 20 years of age. We just learned that insurance is good and, but we don't really have capital. We're like, man, you know, I want to be able to protect, I see myself worth a million dollars in the next 20 years, but I don't really have the capital to put in 500 or 600 a month. Right. Mm -hmm. So you sat down with an agent they're like, you know what? Yeah, we'll give you a million dollars. You know what? It's going to be like 30 bucks for you, right? Like, score. Okay. I could do that. I could afford 30 bucks, you know, on a million dollar policy. Sure, let's do it, right? So you they lock you in, let's say, a 20-year contract for a million dollars. What that simply means is for on a monthly basis, you're paying 20 bucks for your, or 30 bucks for your million dollar contract, Right. Each month, okay. you do that for 20 years. Mm. Okay, so right now, today we are young, we're healthy, everything is good. Uh, we're paying 20 bucks for a million dollars. If anything was to happen, depending on that uh, term insurance, hopefully, you know, that person really educated you and really knew about insurance, right? And they told you, hey, there are some features that you can put on your uh, term insurance. Things like critical illness, right? If something mm -hmm. was to happen while you have this policy, you know, health-wise, uh, you can get money while you're living to take care of you, right? Okay. And you, you know, they added that on your contract or terminal illness, if anything, in, you know, things like that, critical, chronic illness, they added that feature, right? Because it's very, um, it's very crucial that we understand that these are features that need to be added on our temporary insurance. And reason why, because if we don't have these features on there, more than likely we will not benefit from that term. Reason oh. why, reason why most um, term contract. And okay, they expire mm -hmm. and people are still living. Yeah. Right? People are still living. So if you live within the past that 20 years, guess what happened? You've paid that 20 or 30 bucks for 20 years. And insurance company is like, hey, your lease is over. We appreciate doing <laughs> business with you. 
hey, you know what? We might, you know, we we uh, yeah, we could allow you to do another contract with us if you want to. Come on, you know you want to. We've been friends for a while, mm-hmm. right? You're like, well, well, I paid for a whole twenty years. What do I get out of it? You had protection. You had coverage within that twenty years. Mm. Okay, within that That's twenty crazy. years, you had coverage. If anything was to happen, we had you. But since nothing happened, hey, let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> now let's try it again. <laughs> right? Let's try it again. Now, of course, and. You know, it's funny, but it's not funny because, you know, people do get to those stages, right? And they're in the, you know, 40s or 60s, for example, you know, like uh, our parents or friends and things that Mm -hmm. do get to those stages. And now, health-wise, they're not really good, right? Even if they are good health-wise, right? And you now are looking at new contract for another 20 or 30 years, those prices have skyrocketed because as earlier as I mentioned, you're a lot closer now to seeing your maker than you were before 20 years ago. So insurance company is going to charge you accordingly. That's, that's really wild. I mean, it, it, it makes sense, but it's also really wild. But you, Oh, I was going to say, you said something really interesting earlier. You said that someone could take a million dollar policy if they believe they're going to be worth a million dollars. So is that how insurance works? Like you get the number, I guess you think you'll be worth in the future or how, how does that part work? Gotcha. Absolutely. So, um, so actually there is a mathematical formula. Okay, to determine how much insurance that you will need, right? Mm-hmm. And also, once you come up with this formula, and if you are again uh, earlier stages of your journey of you know building life, right? Mm-hmm. And your your calculations say, hey, you know what? Right now, because of your numbers, you only need about three hundred thousand or 400,000, or even just 100,000, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go with that number, or you can actually uh, choose a higher number that you can pre- you predict for yourself. Reason because with the, within the insurance company uh, industry, there are um, max amount of coverage that an individual can get based off uh, based of income hmm. and and also basing off their age oh, okay. okay and so an individual that's with um between like 18 and like 24 can actually with a with a student income they're saying they're actual student right mm-hmm. they can get themselves covered up to like three million Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So you can literally increase your net. And the, the beautiful thing about, you know, uh, insurance, once you, you know, protect yourself to a certain amount of coverage that actually adds to your network. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. 
right? Wow. Learning so much today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it adds to your network because we, um, and I don't know how much, you know, the audience do know about how network is, you know, calculated because network isn't actually just the type of liquid that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And within, you know, uh, real estate industry, for example, if you have multiple house, the value of the house add together to become your network, right? Mm -hmm. But within the real estate industry, most people who has these amount of house don't actually own them, mm. right? They are technically liability until you pay them off. I didn't even, wow, that makes sense though, because they could still take they the can house still take the house happens. at any time, right? But your life insurance policy that right when you start making that premium, like the first month, it adds to your value right away. Because mm -hmm. why? Because the insurance company that you choose mm -hmm. are on hook right when you make your first premium. They have Ooh. to pay right when that contract is signed and you made your premium because that's why mm. exactly so it's really good to understand and it's beautiful because again now your net worth increased to whatever it is whatever amount that you get oh wow. so you get yourself a million dollars no for real that's actually really crazy where were you when i was in college uh <laughs> right <laughs> Tell me about it. Listen, I was like, where was I five years ago or even 10 years ago when I was in my 20s? For real. I would have yeah. definitely utilized this a lot more. But hey, we're here now. All yeah. right. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, I noticed you keep saying paying your premium instead of like, I guess, payment. Is there some significance to that? For sure. Because um, so at the end of the day, right? Um. We know that there is no free lunch anywhere, right? Yes. <laughs> it's just what it is. So um, to pay your premium, meaning that's what connects you and the insurance company in your contract, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the contract, it, it starts when you go to, again, you sit down with the agent and the agent, you know, show you all your options. You're like, I'm going to choose this one whether it's the permanent or the temporary, and I'm going to be making 200 or 50, whatever, right? You make those decisions, and what binds you with that contract is you make your payment as you agree on. So you agree to do it on a yearly basis. You agree to do it on a monthly basis. You oh, do it, okay? I didn't know you had different and, options. Huh? Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely... Yeah. There's definitely quite a few options that you can, you know, choose when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, so you make your payment. Uh, on the other end, the insurance company that you are with um, are definitely going to bind by that contract if anything was to happen that uh, you sign with, which again, if you have critical illness, right, within your policy, you had terminal illness or chronic illness within your policy if, God forbid, there was some type of stroke, mm -hmm. right? God forbid there was, you know, some anything that doesn't necessarily fatally attack your life, 
right? You mm-hmm. can kind of walk away from. And that's within a policy. You can actually get up to 90% of your death benefit while you're alive. Wow. That's, okay. that's really important so, to know. Let's just say hypothetically, right? Yeah, uh, hypothetically, you know, we sat down today. You're like, uh, you know, maker, my situation is this. And when I, every time I sit down with an individual, especially coming, because um, my my main focus is education, because that's mm-hmm. what I didn't have before, right? So I educate you on your option and make sure I understand your situation financially, right? where you're able to actually put away comfortably towards Mm -hmm. something else, right? And so once we do that, you're like, okay, um, right now I want to get a million-dollar policy, but I can't put away three, $400 a month right now because, hey, I'm on a student income right now, whatever the case is. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. so we can look at temporary side, right, for now, until we're able to generate some good income and maybe look on a permanent side. And so we get you a million dollar policy with all the wills, bells and whistles, which is the living benefit as it's called. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe a year into it, life happened. There's a diagnosis. Right. And I'm pretty sure we've come across people that have had diagnosis walk away from it, you know, years later, fought it whatsoever, and they're good. Yeah. They have to, you know, live to 20, 30, 50 years later, right? So there's the diagnosis. And because of that, you submit the paperwork to your insurance company. This is, you know, what the doctors say, blah, blah, blah. And they go through and approve it, right? They approve your contract because, hey, diagnosis says you got I don't know, this breast cancer, whatever, you know, uh, sickness is. Mm -hmm. And they approve it. So you are able to get up to 90% of your death benefit to take care of you and your responsibility throughout that process. Okay. And is that like given in a check form or how does Mm -hmm. it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's a good question. Do do they like check to see what you're spending the money on? Because I understand it's meant for you to take care of yourself in medical expenses. But I'm pretty sure there are people who probably try to do any and everything. Absolutely. So is there like a, a system There's a where way you have to, to check? Absolutely. Um, so there definitely, um, again, that would come based on the type of policy that you have. For example, with the living benefit, when you have uh, living benefit features on your temporary, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They would definitely check what type of sickness and um, give you the check based on the expenses that would would incur, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you had permanent, for example, and there is this feature called long-term care, and I don't know how much you know about long-term care, and it's something that Nothing. very, very critical that we have to get educated on 
And because the misconception on long-term care is, oh, it's old people that utilize long-term care, right? Old people need to be in a nursing home and that's something that's for them. No, mm -hmm. right? Long-term care, the actual people that are on long-term care as of right now, between the age of 18 and 40, it's like almost 40%. Oh, wow. Okay, right? how come? Like because the young and the younger we are, the invincible we feel, we could do a lot. We take more risks, right? Oh, so yeah, life happens when we, you know. Now I'm not saying don't take risks, don't live your life, but also make sure that you protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you because so long term care. What it is is really if you are not able to do daily living activity mm -hmm. okay and what daily living activity consists of feeding yourself bathing yourself right mm -hmm. moving from the chair that you're sitting on and going grab some juice or whatsoever by yourself things of that nature right if you're not okay. able to do those simple things right you're able to qualify for this feature that you can add to your permanent policy okay or you can actually purchase long-term care as a policy by itself okay mm -hmm. so you can actually add that to your permanent policy so and with this one you literally if you submit the form it's usually a lot simpler to qualify for that right and you literally a 90-day process so if you're uh, experiencing something like this for 90 days you submit a document, you get approved, and they back pay you. So they send you a check, mm. okay? They're not sending it to the hospital, to your doctor. No, they're sending you a check. And what makes this even better is it is based off of your policy. Some company will give you up to 4% of your policy, or some company will give you starting out like 2%. Mm. So what that what that would look like in a monetary thing is again let's go with that a million dollar policy right we got a million dollar policy and we're young so once we got it we we're paying like three hundred bucks because we got money you know we got some respect on ourselves right we got money <laughs> so <laughs> so um but we literally have this policy for only six months. Right, mm -hmm. so three hundred bucks a month, six months. What's that like? Maybe eighteen hundred. We put into it, right? Yeah. And we have a million dollar policy, and life happens in that process, and we qualify for long term care. Two percent of a million dollar. What is that? That's mm -hmm. like roughly twenty thousand we could possibly be getting. And they would be sending you a check each month. For twenty thousand. For twenty thousand. Wow. Four percent of a million dollar. Now 000. that is until your death benefit runs out of money, right? How did? Oh, is this like on a term? Because <laughs> like, I was gonna say, how does it run out of money? <laughs> well, because that that percent is based off of your policy. Oh, the policy is a so million dollar. 
So you are taking that 20 from that. You are utilizing your life insurance oh. while you are living. Gotcha, That's gotcha. one way. There's multiple ways of doing it, but that is just one way. Okay. Can you, I guess, give the 20000 back? Like, I know it's not necessary to pay it back, but I guess to get your policy back to a million? Gotcha. No, that's a beautiful question, right? Beautiful question. So within, with it being that uh, feature, uh, long-term care, right? That's something that you don't, first, you you don't give back because mm. that's a feature that is attached to your policy. Kind of like, uh, let me let me uh, do a, a comparison that, you know, other people might know. You purchase a car, right? Mm-hmm. And a Bluetooth is a feature that's added to the car, right? Yeah. You pay for that feature, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, heated seat in a car. It's a feature that comes with a car, but you pay for it. It's kind of like upgrade, right? So it's part of it. So if you're now utilizing it, it's not something that you they ask you to give back to, uh, because you get that 20000 you know, each month. Or uh, you don't have to give it back and they don't require you to give it back. What I guess the question right now might be deriving from is if you, let's say, borrow from your policy oh. or when you. Yeah. Right. That's the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> that I've heard about that. Yeah. So uh, so when it comes on a permanent side. Right. So as I so I started out early with temporary, you know, you could it's a contract. You could go up to 30, 40 years. And when that contract is over, you don't have a policy no more. Mm-hmm. You have options of being able to get a new policy or not have policy. Pretty much those are the options, right? And when people are at those crossroads, majority of the time, it's either health that allows them not to get policies or mm-hmm. it's so costly that it's like, it's not even worth it no more for me to be paying for $200,000 policy and paying three, $400 mm-hmm. a month, right? Yeah. I'm going to end up paying way more into this than I'm actually getting, right? So that's when people get to those crossroads and decide, you know what? It's not worth it um, With on the temporary side. Hmm. So that's why on the permanent side, uh, people rest easier because they are uh, locking a payment in the beginning. They're like, oh, you're paying 300 bucks, right? And you're paying that for the lifetime. Okay. Okay? You pay that. As long as you pay that, you have coverage, right? So on a permanent side, what makes permanent different than temporary? In the beginning, I said all insurance is temporary. Remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what separates permanent from the temporary is you're able to generate um, equity within your policy. Okay. Okay, and within that uh, insurance industry, they call it cash value. All okay, right. so cash value is something that you can actually borrow from or even withdraw from just mm-hmm. like you withdraw from a bank. Right. So uh, and that's depending on the type of policy that you got. So within your 
permanent policy, let's say you've had it for 10 years, right? And you really uh, fund it properly. You They show you, hey, if you pay the minimum, this is how it's going to look like. If you pay a little bit over the minimum, this is how it's going to work. If you're able to max fund this, this is how it's going to work, right? Okay. Somebody, you know, somebody walk you through and show you all those. You're like, okay, you know what? Right now, I'm going to start with this. When I get some money, I'm going to do this and, you know, mm. capitalize on really the benefit and the feature of this. So in about 10 years, in your million dollar policy, you have roughly 100000 or even 200000 in your cash value, right? Because yeah. you fund it properly. What that looks like. God forbid, uh, within that 10 years or 10 years into your account, you pass away, right? Mm -hmm. What goes to your beneficiary is a million dollar plus that 200 or 100,000 that you had saved up. Oh, okay. okay. And that, um, that depends on the type of policy. The only um, policy that doesn't give you both, okay, mm. is that policy called the whole life policy. Oh. Whole life policy is one of permanent policy. There's multiple permanent, but whole life is, the, is one of the many permanent policy. It's the first ever permanent policy. Okay, mm -hmm. it came out back in freaking 1970. Okay, first ever permanent policy. It's the only one, if you was to die, it only give you the death benefit. If you have money mm -hmm. inside your cash value, you don't get that. And okay. the insurance company so, gets it. Huh? The insurance company gets it. I'm so sorry. You're fine. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's one, but on the other permanent side, it, you know, you get both, right? Um, so, what is that one called? Is that huh? called a specific? So, okay. Type. Uh, so we have the whole life. Let's do mm -hmm. a little breakdown of each, right? Whole life is the first ever permanent policy. Came out in 1970. It's kind of a fixed product, meaning when you start out, it tells you, "Hey, you're paying this 300 bucks. You pay it until you're either 100 years of age." or until you die mm. okay and the interest that you will be getting is this okay it's a set interest usually the interest is very minimal with the mm. whole life um because when it came out it it usually ranged between like two to three percent okay and based on whatever company that's providing it they usually add a dividend to it Right. So when they're adding the dividend, uh, an agent could be like, oh, your policy will give you maybe 8%. But, and it's because the company gets, you know, either dividend each year or every other year. And okay. so they add it into the percentage of that product to say, hey, this product will return about 8% or 5% or something like that. Okay, and that percentage is um, the money that's growing inside of the policy, the cash value, the equity I mentioned okay. earlier. Okay, 
So that's whole life. Um, and in 1980, um, they came up with this product called Universal Life. Mm. Okay. And what made it different pretty much is the fact it became a little bit more flexible. They became a little bit more flexible in how you make payment, right? Mm. If, you know, life happens that 300 I became a lot, sometimes you can actually uh, make some uh, adjustment. Right, you can make some adjustment to the payment. You can even make adjustment to the uh, death benefit. Okay. okay, you can choose how long you want to pay this policy, and things of that nature. So you have some flexibility with this policy, and also the interest that uh, the cash value grows at becomes a little bit better. It was it ranged from like three to. Five six percent, depending on the company. Okay. Okay. Um, and in 1990, um, stock market was doing amazing, and every company was every mutual fund, pretty much kind of like how early part of a uh, pandemic, <laughs> you know, yeah. everything was just going up, and you know, it was some craziness happening, right? So in the 1990 mutual Everything mutual fund wise was just going up. Whatever company you choose, you was getting rich pretty much, right? Insurance company came up with this um, product called Variable Universal Life. Okay, mm. and and it's pretty much you as the investor, you are choosing where your money is going. You got your policy, you got your life, so you can literally uh, invest in the market utilizing your life insurance policy. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wild. Um, you could actually so you're choosing what mutual fund that you want to, you know, participate. I don't know, you want to do S P, whatever the case is, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing with that is you as the investor now, you are you're taking on the risk because if it's in the market. It has a potential of it going up. It also mm. has the potential of going down. down. <laughs> right? Yeah. So um, that, you know, that was the product that came, you know, during that era. Because, again, whatever you chose, you bound to go up. Of course, now, you know, um, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Right? But that's a product. And there's, there is literally no guarantee with it, uh, with your cash value being there when you need it later on, right? Okay. Uh, but what you guarantee is you guarantee protection as you have your policy. You make your payment, right? Okay. And in two thousand, so that's that's a variable life. In two thousand, they came up with the latest product called Index Universal Life. Okay, I've okay. heard the name. Huh? I said I've heard the name. I don't there know anything go. about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Index Universal Life is the latest of the permanent product. Mm. Okay. And pretty much, just like its predecessor, you know, you you make your payment. You go through the process for selecting whatever amount you need. And your payment is determined on 
just like order the policy, your payment determined on the quality of life, meaning um, if you're in a risky industry as far as work-wise, mm-hmm. okay, if you have a very risky lifestyle, meaning you're jumping out of an airplane, you have your own private pilot license, you know, mm. risky lifestyle will cause you to pay more because that's chance of you meeting your maker a lot sooner, right? Yeah. Um, or, hey, um, driving record is also affected, okay? Um, mm. Family history of health body weight index things of that nature would determine how what you know what you will be paying right and of course the age right and females usually pay less than men okay that's good (laughs) yeah females usually pay less because again they usually live longer than men right Mm. so but so once you know your payment is determined your policy is determined how your cash value grows within index is based on what's going on with the stock market uh how your cash value the equity that you grow within your policy um is uh grows is based off on the market the performance mm-hmm. of the market now let's not get uh misconfuse your money is not in the market okay Okay. it mirrors what's happening in the market so if the market the beautiful part about it if the market goes up um let's say market goes up 50 percent the insurance company give you what's called a cap okay so if the market goes up they will give you up to a certain percentage so some company can give you up to like 15%. Some company can give you up to 20% return on your money. Okay. Okay. Quick, quick question. How uh-huh. does the mirroring work? Like what? Right. What is that? The, the mirroring works because again, um, depending on, let's say each month, right? Stock markets perform pretty much each day, right? Mm-hmm. But each month, they... S&P return, I don't know, 50% or 20%, 10% uh, mm. average, right? Yeah. So based on how, because your, your policy is, okay, how do I simplify um, mirroring? It pretty much just watch how it's doing and give you a return in a sense. Okay. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense as to why they would do that. <laughs> right, right. So to take it back, they're not. There's no company in business that's mm. in business to lose money. Yes. Right. Let's let's get back to that. So, um, when they are um, giving you the good return, right? Um, they also are making money because you are um cap at a a certain percent right okay so the stock market could go up 100 percent if it does i don't know when it's the last time in history it ever did 100 mm-hmm. percent, but let's say it went up 100 percent and you get 
that 20%, technically they made 80%. Oh. Does that make sense? No, but I I get your numbers. Uh-huh. I just don't know how they made 80%. <laughs> but okay. it's okay. No, yeah, no, I'm saying if the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. Stock market goes up 100%. Yes. Okay. And your policy being based off of the in uh, market, meaning uh, the money that you're you're uh, paying on your premium, right? Mm. They're utilizing it. The insurance company is utilizing oh, it. Oh, <clears throat> okay. The insurance company is utilizing it, right? But they're saying, worst case scenario, you will always get your money. Okay. Okay. So with the cap, the beautiful part about it is, okay, with them giving you a cap, they also give you a floor. Okay, and that floor means if the market is doing bad, right? The market is tanking, I don't know, 20, 30, 40%, you will always get a floor, which means some company will say your floor would be zero, mm-hmm. which means if the market is tanking, you will always have what you put into this policy. Okay. Worst case scenario, you have what you put in. So that's the promise they're making with you, right? Or some company be like, we'll do better than that. We'll give you a floor of 0.75%. Mm. So, which means if the market is tanking, you are still growing, but not at a great rate, right? You're still yeah. at 0.75% growth on your money that you're putting in with us. Okay. Okay. So, and you got you got banks nowadays that don't even offer 0.75%. You know, yeah. <laughs> on your mm-hmm. money. So that's an automatically win right there, right? But yeah. so now you know that your money now grows between, let's say, a 0.75% to like 15%, right? Within your index policy. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and you're paying your, let's say, the 300 bucks a month. Um, and we've done that for. X amount, let's say 10 years, we got some money inside a policy, right? Mm-hmm. Inside the cash value that's, let's say, 100000 Yeah. And we're like, we want to do a project. We want to go into business with somebody, whatever is going on. We want to even buy a house, right? Buy a brand new car, whatever. You can call up your company, whatever company you have your policy with. Hey, um... I need forty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Of, I, I see I got a hundred thousand in there. I need uh forty thousand. Okay. Okay. How how soon do you want it? Oh, I need it like tomorrow. Well, we can't do it tomorrow, but uh probably <laughs> will two days from now works? Yeah, okay. I think I, I could wait another two days, right? Okay. Yeah. Bam. You get the check for forty thousand, you do what you want with it. Right. Okay. And with it now, with the index, you have two options Mm. of getting your money. Okay. You can actually withdraw that money. Okay. Or you can take a loan. You could borrow. Mm. So when you withdraw, so just like a bank, right? When you withdraw, you deplete 
your account of that amount. Yeah. Right? And that's the same thing with the life insurance. You deplete your account of that 40000 Okay. Okay? So now it's not advised to do so. Reason why it's not advised to do so, because now when you're getting credited these interests each month, mm -hmm. that interest is now based off of what you have in that account. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, let's say if you got, let's say you got 10% return this month, right? Mm -hmm. And you had, my math is not great, so I, <laughs> no, I feel you. I'd be like, let me get my calculator. <laughs> let me get my let me get my calculator. So let's say we got a hundred thousand, right, in there, and we got ten percent. So what is that? Um, you got ten thousand, uh, based off of interest. Mm -hmm. Now, if you subtract forty, you got sixty thousand in there, right? Yeah. Like, now, and you still got that ten percent return that month. That ten percent is now added to your sixty, not a hundred, because you mm -hmm. subtracted it. That forty, right? In the industry, agents or licensed professional will rec recommend, highly recommend that you do borrowing. Okay. Okay. Versus you depleting your account of the amount, and the mm -hmm. reason why, when you borrow your account isn't depleted of the amount that you borrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it still looks like you have a hundred thousand in there. Okay. Okay. So if you get that 10% return, you get your 10,000 on your account. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now with borrowing, there is, so if let's say if you were to ask or go to, Bank of America or Capital One to borrow, right? How does that work usually? I'm just curious. Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I I think you, I really don't know. You have to come to them with like documents, I guess a reason for borrowing and, you know, proof of income. Um, yes, that's okay. as far as I know. Oh, and they give you an interest. Wait, do they? I think so. Yes. yes. You see, I'm so glad we're having this conversation <laughs> because, again, this is really a conversation that's not really had, mm -hmm. right, out there. And this is, yes, is, you know, we're talking, you know, on life insurance, but also we're talking in general, right, mm -hmm. financial, right? Yes. Because when you go out there, you're borrowing. When we even get out of high school, we're allowed to borrow money for college, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Sometimes they even allow you to borrow like two, three hundred thousand for whatever. You know, if yeah. you want to be a doctor, you could borrow up to three hundred thousand. And now yeah. you got a student loan for the rest of your life mm -hmm. <laughs> because they don't explain what interests are. And most people don't even understand what interest is, yeah. right, and how it works. But in a nutshell, right, when you're going out there, you're borrowing, of course, yes, you got to uh, uh, ex explain why you want the money, um, uh, your capability of paying it back, right, mm -hmm. proof of income and things of that nature. And um, 
and they are interested because if they decide to do business with you and give you that money and they're like, hey, mm -hmm. you're going to pay us back this plus because we allow you to borrow this, you're going to owe us this much more. Mm -hmm. Are you capable of doing that? Again, when we're in that student loan process, we just like, yes, 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 sure. Right. Because we don't understand it. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, a few years after graduation, we get that little love letter from those student loans. Oh, pay us 300 bucks. <laughs> you pay it for like 30 years. You're like, wait, why is it not gone? Because it's interest. Mm. Right. And interest is literally anywhere in the world you live at. Interest is how money works. Okay. okay, that's what we need to understand. And there's this, I'm not sure if you are familiar with the rule called Rule of 72 or Magic of Compound Interest. I've heard of the Magic of Compound Interest. Okay. <laughs> I haven't heard of Rule of 72. Okay, so they're the same. They're one and the mm. same. They're just two different names, right? And Rule of 72 simply, it addresses two things, okay? Mm. And it says, if you understand it, Okay, if you understand it and you apply it, you get paid by it. Okay. Okay. If you understand it and apply it, you get paid by it. But if you don't understand it, clearly you won't be applying it. You are paying into it. Okay. Okay. Ex exhibit A with a student loan, right? We, you know, sign on the dollar line. We get those in, um, student loans. And what we don't understand is that debt that we just signed for is maybe it started out with like 30,000 is mm -hmm. doubling because of the interest that is on it by the day. Okay. Oh. It is doubling. It, it's doubling. It's not like a monthly thing. Oh, it's, it is. It is doubling by the day. So the root, wild. So it, so it addressed those two, right? Mm -hmm. But in, mathematical formula right the rule of 72 albert einstein is actually the one that came up with this that mathematically it says you take the number 72 mm -hmm. okay you divide it by the interest that you are getting or you are paying into okay so you divide it and now it tells you how long it takes or whatever money you're growing to grow or um, how much debt you're paying. So 72 okay. divided by the interest determine how long it takes for your money to grow, to double. Okay. okay. So in a nutshell, it can be on a daily basis. It could be on a monthly basis, right? Because let's say if your student loan is 4%, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a $100,000 student loan, right? Um, 72 divided by 4 is going to take you roughly... 72 divided by 4 is going to take you 18 years. 18 years for your 100000 to become 200000 Wow. This sounds like a really long time. Huh? I said that sounds like a really long time. Well, well, it's a long time if it's money that's coming to you. But mm. it's not a long time if it's money yeah, you have to pay out. 200000 Yeah. 
right? Let's say, again, you're a student, right? Mm -hmm. You got people who are long-time students. You got to go through whatever, um, you know, as an engineer, you got so many years of school you got to do, right? And you don't really have that funds to start paying your student loan, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe you need eight years in school. Sometimes people change their majors, right? And all of these. So 18 years might sound like a long time, but also it might come really fast, right? So oh, if you're not making payment, right? Next, you sign a contract for 100000 Next thing you know, it's already 200000 You got to pay back, Yeah. right? So that's with it with your debt doubling but most of the time we're not getting those interests because most people put their money where in banks mm -hmm. that barely gets the percentage or two percent right mm -hmm. so if if you are fortunate enough to have a hundred thousand it's gonna take you 18 years but on an average right let's let's just look at our audience for example right our demographic right now most of us in our 20s right early mm -hmm. early you know 20s early 30s not a lot of people have a hundred thousand in their account yeah starting out hopefully we got 200 bucks hopefully we got 500 bucks right in there you know but if your money is not even growing literally um at five or more you percent you're usually losing mm. you're usually losing right yeah so yeah so your money definitely needs to be growing but so we borrow we okay when it i think i just went on a tangent a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no but felt, it's all good information i'm yeah I'm <laughs> <laughs> i think i went on a tangent just a little bit but really back right with the life insurance you know you have like a hundred thousand, you borrow your forty thousand, right? Mm -hmm. And you go to the and the beautiful thing about it with the insurance company, you're not proving, hey, income. You mm -hmm. just call them, right? Okay, you just that, call them and be like, Hey, I see that I have this money. I wanna utilize the forty thousand. Uh, can I get it? They're like, Yeah, you could get it in a few days. All right. Yep. Right. So we said we're going to borrow it. Right. Because we sat down with our licensed professional. They told us the best route to do it is to mm -hmm. borrow. We're like, OK. So but we're like, wait, that means I got to pay interest because I'm borrowing. Right. So, like, OK, with the life insurance, it's the lowest interest you would ever pay on a loan. Guarantee. It's even lower than you probably borrowing the money from friends and family mm. okay and that's the beauty of it <laughs> right of course mm. unless your friends huh? i said let me go get some insurance <laughs> right and uh, you know unless your friends and family just give you the money and don't act, you know want it back with any type of interest but usually mm. the interest on your uh index okay so index it usually roughly turn out to be about one percent that you pay on your okay. interest on your loan okay on the whole life that's real good that is really good right mm -hmm. whole life the interest range between about six to eight 
Okay. Okay. The interest on that. Um, and Universal, I believe, is roughly around five to six, around there percent okay. on your loan. But so to tell you on your index, you you're gonna be paying the one percent interest. You're like, hey, run me my money. <laughs> I need yes. that forty because I decided what I'm gonna do with it. I'm gonna do an investment. You know, I I got these plans right. Mm-hmm. And because you're borrowing, you're not paying taxes oh. on this money. Okay. Mm. <laughs> She's like, good. I like this, right? Yeah. Um, so now you are utilizing this money tax-free. And of course, if you're doing a business, uh, you're making a double and you don't have to pay it back, as we mm-hmm. you know, alluded to earlier. So this money... You don't ever have to pay back. Now, wait. They recommend you pay it. Uh huh. So, how does the interest work then, if they're charging you interest? Because aren't interest usually on the payments that you make? Gotcha. So the interest that one percent is charged on the your account, right? It's charged on your account that's in that you have with them Mm -hmm. because you are making. Just because you borrow money, right, yeah. doesn't mean you stop paying into your account. Oh, yes. Okay, I got you. Okay, there you go. But yeah, good question. That's a really good question. So yeah, you don't have to pay it back. You use the money however you want. Now, it's recommended that you pay it back because obviously when you put it back, it affect your account in a positive way, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, that's really how, when you ask, you can access the money that's in that cash value and do as you want. And you keep really, it's honestly the, um, product within the financial space that once you set it up, it literally always goes up. Okay. Always goes up and never comes down. Wow. That's amazing. That's that's really good. Oh my goodness. Okay. That was a lot of good information. And yeah. I definitely I want to invite you back, but <laughs> um I want to make sure for the people who um haven't been informed about insurance or want to get into insurance. So I know you were saying at the beginning, um, you would need to have your goal in place. Mm-hmm. in order to determine what type of insurance you need. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of touch on what people need to look at, or I guess young adults in particular, need to look at right now if they wanted to go to someone to get insurance? Gotcha. Well, first first of all, my, recommend, my uh, strongest recommendation is you want to sit down with a licensed professional mm. that is not commission hungry. Okay. Okay. Somebody that is not commission hungry and that is more mission to educate you on your option. Because, mm. again, young adults young adult and even adults, majority of them don't really know what they want. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you do 
stumble on realizing your responsibility at certain ages. It might be early, right? It might mm-hmm. be way later on during, down the road. You might be in your 50s. Realize, oh, man, all right. You know, now I got to start setting things up, right? So sit down with somebody that is generally um, uh, wanting to educate you on your option and really inform you on what you can do at the stage that you're at, right? Okay. And sometimes by them doing that might not necessarily benefit them commission-wise mm-hmm. more, right? Okay. But if you treat them, if you, as a licensed professional, of course, if you do a good deed, they always pay forward in the end, right? Yeah. So, but you sit down with somebody that really wanted to educate and give you all your options, then you can choose from that. And usually those type of people are um, brokers. They're not okay. people that work with one company. Okay. Okay. That honestly would be the first step. Okay. And hey, if you want, you can definitely sit down with, you know, quite a few, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of see, hey, you know what? This person really seemed pretty genuine. And, you know, they didn't just shove numbers down. They're like, oh, yeah, you pay this. And, you know, or, yeah, you could get a million dollars and you pay this. This, Why? Why do I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, why do I really need a million dollars? Um, actually, I think I just want to start with 500. Like, why? You know? And if somebody is not willing to genuinely answer the question, then you probably might want to, you know, explore other options. Okay. That makes but, sense. Yeah, my my advice to really start off, that's where you start. You start off with brokers. You start off with people that are really willing to educate you on your many options that are available and kind of come up with uh, some options that would best suit your need. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, okay, I just see we're coming up on time. Yes. <laughs> Uh, wow. Do you have like, I guess, any other general knowledge? Like, um, what are some questions that people should ask when it comes to insurance? Because I don't know. Like, yeah. are there questions that you should ask? Of course. I mean, again, one, you got to know first why, what type of policy you want to get. First of all, right? You want to get a temporary or a permanent? What are the benefits, right? Yeah. Um, and will this policy be around when I actually need it? Mm. What What does that really look like in in the sense of needing it? In the sense, if there's sickness, right? Or hey, when I need to get money and do this, uh, um, can it? Can I actually do that? Um, what features? Are come with this policy. How can I actually get qualified? Oh, you have to qualify for. Well, no, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's a good question, right? And it's not something people think about. You got to yeah. be qualified. What? I thought they just take my money and then you know say yeah. I got. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. It, again, because it's a contract that you're doing with an insurance company, right? Mm. And when you are making your payment, the premium. They have to apply by that contract, which means even if, God forbid, 
you had that policy for even two months. Mm-hmm. And you pass away. And you had a million dollar policy. They would have to pay a million dollar to the beneficiary mm-hmm. two months later, even though you probably pay a hundred bucks into this policy. Yeah. So, yeah, these, you know, uh, it's definitely just like, I don't know, if you, whatever your, my my thing is always, you have to know where your money is going. Mm. Okay. You have to know what's happening with your money. For example, you know, we put out, we, uh, growing up, my first introduction to finance was my dad taking me to the bank. It was a Wells Fargo. <laughs> to open up my first bank account, right? And, you know, kind of walking me through that process, sitting down with an agent and things of that nature. And, but most people have no clue in the process of other things, right? Yeah. So, and we don't, we become pretty secure with the idea of, hey, uh, when I have money, I put it in the bank. But we don't really understand what's really happening with our money, mm-hmm. right? And we must know what's going on with our money. We put our money in the bank. Is it working for us? It's usually working for the bank. The bank utilize your money to make money off of it. They don't mm-hmm. get anything from you. But also, if you're putting your money in the stock, things of that, you got to know what's going on with it. Is your money working yeah. for you? At the end of the day, my question, my thing is always, what's going on with my money? Who is it working for? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely um, some question that you can ask. And again, uh, when in doubt, ask, uh, what else don't I know about this? Okay. What's really happening with, hey, you're saying I put $50 a month. What's What am I getting in return for this $50 a month that I'm putting into it? You know, those are some simple questions we could start with. Wow, that is a simple question. And it's like so obvious, but at the same time, not obvious. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. That's very true. Wow. That's amazing. I did have one question because when you were mentioning, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it it um, reminded me, someone mentioned, I think it's a liability, like the different tiers of insurance, mm-hmm. like the bare minimum is a liability insurance or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I think you might be thinking, if we're talking liability, we might be thinking more like car insurance. Oh, that was the examples used with. But they were huh? talking about, um, yeah, they were just talking about how a young person would come in to get a car and then they would get liability, which is the bare minimum versus another one. And I was just wondering what were the different types in that category? Gotcha. Good question. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's beautiful. Because <laughs> so it's so many people, um, so many people that's walking around that have insurance, right? Life mm-hmm. insurance in general, but they don't have the right amount. They don't have the, they don't have enough right mm. for example um going back to the car example right when you purchase a car um 
whether it's the top tier mm-hmm. or the very liability is equal is equal to or greater than the value of the car. Oh, okay. Right. So the insurance, uh, the dealership always want the value of that car back if anything was to happen. Mm. So if it's a very liability, you know, the least amount of coverage is still going to be if the car is valued at 20000 before you leave the lot, mm. it's going to be 20000 bare minimum coverage, right? And that would be the state minimum. Okay. And why, and why that is important is uh, it goes back to, you know, the question that you asked in the sense of, you know, um, where do we start, right? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, you know, we have to figure out there's a formula, right? There's a formula to figure out um, how much do you actually need? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So with that, once you figure out how much you actually need, you can now upscale it a little bit. You're like, you know what? Yes, I, I, I need this, but I could do a little bit more. Maybe mm-hmm. it says I need half. I think I actually could, you know, get a million dollars. Right. Yeah. They calculate the number and you can, if you can afford that, you could do that. Or if you want to be able to build from that half a million to, you know, two million, it's also a way you can do that. Right. But um, it's a lot of people that have coverage, whether it's through their job or just through sitting down with just uh, insurance agents or mm-hmm. licensed professional that don't have enough. Because um, it might have been because they wasn't properly educated or Mm -hmm. they got their policies, I don't know, through online, whatever the case may be, they don't Mm -hmm. have enough because if anything was to happen, you got people with $50,000 policy, Mm -hmm. $100,000 policy. But um, if they got sick, they'll be able to run out of that 100000 in like two months and they'll still yeah. need money. If they pass away, their kids still need to go to school, right? The mm-hmm. mortgage is not even, you know, 100000 yeah. not going to do nothing on the mortgage. So the house still need to be sold and the family need to go back to renting or go to their in-laws or whatsoever. So whatever that you was technically thinking you were protecting, mm-hmm. you're protecting, right? Mm-hmm. You have to know, again, know your value, then you can put some respect on your name, all right? Yes. <laughs> I like <So>. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, you know, you can, you can get as little as you want, mm. or you can get what first you can afford and grow from there, but, yeah, you could get a bare minimum, but understanding that the bare minimum is if it's not really uh, what you need, it's not really doing much, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, now your money is not really working for you because if you need it and you still have to still go borrow or have to do GoFundMe account. Mm, oh, yeah, I see that on your shirt. Right. Cross out GoFundMe. <laughs> he has on a hoodie that says no GoFundMes, no cash apps. <laughs> yes. Right. So because that's also the thing. Right. We never know. Like I mentioned earlier with the long term, 
And yeah, um, honestly, I would definitely love to be, you know, a return guest because um, yes, there's so much within this industry that uh, a lot of people don't know, especially you know, within that uh, long-term policy that I talked, long-term care policy that I talked about. It's so much, and the government is actually stepping into it. They're making mm. it mandatory, okay? Yeah, to be a so, part of insurances mandatory you oh. depending on the state that you're in now mm. right that's right now the state of washington okay mm. every worker is paying taxes an uh, extra tax okay oh. that is called long-term care tax okay wow wait do our taxes go towards insurance huh do our taxes in general go towards insurance it or, does not. Okay, so now they're trying to do that. Now they're doing that, and it's uh, it's per state. It's mm. a lot more into it. Um, yeah, we could definitely talk about. It. But really, on the nitty gritty on that, we definitely need to get ourselves educated on long term care tax, and make sure uh, we get ourselves something that has long term care with it mm. okay because uh, just like anything when the government steps in does it really benefit you or does it benefit the government mm. the government exactly yes yeah all right so but um yeah you can definitely get what you want in the insurance industry but you want to know is it benefiting you is it the right one just like again purchase insurance on the phone right mm -hmm. we're not purchasing we don't have a $1,500 phone and purchase a $100 worth of insurance because yeah you're still paying <laughs> that whole thousand plus back for a new yes. phone it's like it's worthless right but the insurance is worthless so that's the same thing with the life insurance if you have like your income is you're making a hundred thousand a year and you know you got x amount of money that needs to be coming in on a monthly but you protect yourself at a uh, ten thousand or fifty thousand. Mm -hmm. You still got all these extra responsibility. If that fifty thousand comes in, it won't be enough. Yeah, all right? you just got to make sure you get enough or more if you mm -hmm. choose to, right? If you can afford to. But yeah, wow, there's, level, there's levels to it. <laughs> yes, no, this is so important. I definitely want to invite you back, and I especially want to get questions from the audience too that they had so that you can answer those as well. Okay. All yeah, right. that would definitely be awesome. Now, this was awesome. Um, do you have any last parting words that you want to leave with the village? It doesn't have to be about insurance, but if you want it to be about insurance, it can be. No. Uh, first of all, again, it's an honor and privilege to be able to be on your platform and speak to your audiences. And because I feel like um, I did it germinates, right? When you, mm. you know, uh, introduce the idea, it kind of sparked and it can grow into whatever it, it needs to grow into. So I appreciate you allowing me to just talk to your audience about insurance, but also about finance, right? My thing is we have to know what's going on with our money at the end of the day, right? Is our money working for us or is it working for other people? Okay. Um, so... Yeah, put yourself in an environment that you are 
talking positive things about money. Mm. That's how, and of course, not just talking, but implementing these positive things. That's how we'll be able to actually see these generational wealth that we're talking about. It's not just talk. We actually, you know, you know, putting it into practice. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Absolutely. It's my Wow, that was such a great episode. <laughs> Please let people know where they can find you, get in contact with you if they have any questions <laughs> or what your service is. No, yes. Uh, they can find me on really all social media platforms, whether it's uh, IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, even on TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I... I do provide services in right now counting by 27 states. Okay. Oh, wow. Um right now I'm based in uh California, San Francisco. Okay. Um but I go to Georgia's home. Period. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be in Georgia actually in a few months I'm going to be relocating to Georgia. Um but yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm able to provide services in about 27 in counting. Actually, I think I'm working on my 28th as you see. So, um, Congratulations. all social media platform, uh, reach out to me and I'll definitely be able to assist you. And I also, I guess, um, put my personal link below whenever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, um, can you just say your social media handle name too? My social media handle, you could actually, uh, type in. My name, Manker Bia, or on other places, uh, Change Maker, but Manker Bia will come up on all social media platforms. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you learned you you learned a lot from this episode, and I hope <laughs> that you begin to implement it and do your own research too, and follow up. Um, make sure to leave your comments or questions um, below on YouTube or you can go to our Instagram at CAV underscore village to ask questions there. And yes, oh, leave a five-star review and subscribe and like. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope that you keep creating a village wherever you go.